Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curve Queen, and you're listening to Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. That's right. It's DJ Damage. Let's get this show started, baby. And uh, Jason is away. He mm-hmm. is doing Wild and Out season 100. Um, <laughs> so we have got ourselves a guest host today. Yeah. 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 Introduce yourself. Cleo Thomas. Yes. I go yeah. by the name of Cleo Thomas, a.k.a. Yes. Mr. Slick Living, a.k.a. Okay. Slick James. And I am very, very excited to be here on Hollywood Unlocked. I love an a.k.a. No, he's here. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I love an a.k.a. He yeah. shows up. Do you have an a.k.a. besides damage? No. No, I've been working on stuff, but not, nothing stuck. Nothing like... She's got Curve Queen. Yeah. Curve like Queen. That's slicker than your average or Slickelodeon. You don't have... <laughs> Slickelodeon. You don't have anything That's damaged? too good. I can't follow up after Slickelodeon. Ah, damage. We got to work on something for DJ this. AK. We're going to find it. Now nah, it'd be too whack. It'd be too corny. It's got to be something related to like your perfect teeth. Like, are those God-given? Yeah. Yeah. They braces just... when you were younger? No, no braces. God. Wow. I got Invisalign like last year though. Really? For what? Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was kind of messed up on the bottom. Okay. And I, I, man, look, first of all, I never been to the dentist until I moved to LA. Ever? Hello. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. How long ago was that? This was like probably three years ago. You'd never been to the dentist in your whole life? Not even as a kid? Mm -mm. Probably once. Holy Christ. I was at the dentist all the time. I was good for having a cavity. I didn't. It just. I wasn't. I didn't come up like that. Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. No, but here, wait. Check it. Check it. I'm Canadian. Free healthcare. Yeah, that whole thing. Different. So it it really is a wonderful thing. I went to a boarding school. They had an infirmary, but there was not a like a real dentist. I that just sounds a, really scary. I'm yeah, imagining infirmary. a lot of really messed up stories. Yeah. When you say infirmary, infirmary. damage, yeah. we, yo, I want to make my boarding Prison school experience guards. like a Netflix series. It, it'll be like a, a dramedy. Okay. Yeah. Like, cause a lot of shit was funny. And then when you really look back at it, it's like, damn, that was sad. Did they have like a white shed where they would take you to like, you know, punish you <laughs> wow. and do other things? Have you ever seen the movie Sleepers? No, a white oh, shed. Oh yeah. It's scary. You should see that movie. Y'all should see that movie and then you'll know what I'm alluding to. So my, my boarding school is called Gerard College, right? Mm-hmm. So picture, what's a bad neighborhood in Canada? Um, Scarborough. <laughs> no, that, that's like no, that's like a whole, Joking. you know, but um, don't be mad at me, Toronto, because you know what it is. He does. Jane and Finch. So picture that, that wherever that is, right? Mm. Picture just a big wall in the middle of it, and then they put like a, a school. That mm. was my boarding school. So it wasn't like you had to go off for miles and miles away from your family. Like, no, it's like, no, the school's right there behind that wall. Right. So wow. it was like, we got to make a movie about it. Okay. Shit was deep. All right. Well, we're going to leave that up to you. Like Jason <laughs> says, you know, if, if they're not going to invite you to the table, then make your own table. Yeah, and I'm glad I got you here so we can work on it. Let's get to work. Hell I yeah. I think this is incredible stories that need to be told, man. Right. That, that shit, though, <laughs> that, that's like, that's something that's going to be big on Netflix. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to get all into your business in a couple of minutes. Okay. But um, I just want to let you all know that we were available on all platforms. Yes. Google Play, Spotify. You're watching us on YouTube, of course. Yeah, iHeart. I heart. Well, oh, yeah. Did you say Google Play? Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I, can you see how excited I am to be back? <laughs> oh my God. So what were you doing this weekend? I was, uh, well, can't you tell by my tan? Yeah, you got this glow. Yeah, I was. Where were you at? In Cabo. Oh. Yeah. What was that like? It was nice. So you just went, like, do you go on these trips like this by yourself, like solo? Flying, just you just go out there, just kind of live your life. Um, I have been known to go away on my own and uh, meet friends wherever 
they are in the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. A lot of times, you know, you never really see a bunch of people in the pictures with me. It's usually just me solo in the pictures and I'm, it's, it's. Is that by, is that by design? It's by design. It's <laughs> by design. Even though I like to be, I try to be as transparent with you guys as possible. Still, I, I got to hold on to some stuff for myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And. You know, well, I'll just put it like this. Like one of my best friends, she calls me creep life because I'm even private with my with my friends. Yeah, I just don't like them to know everything. So you, you protect the spontaneous side of you at all costs as well. That's what it is. I, I respect that. That's what it respect is. Respect the spontaneous. Exactly. Yeah. Like your Instagram page, your social media. There's only a certain part of you yeah. that people should have. You mm -hmm. got to have something for yourself so that, you, you know, when people start you know, throwing jabs at you and insulting you and stuff like that. You can basically separate what mm -hmm. they're saying from who you really actually are. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come back to that a little bit later on because somebody was in my comment section and said some heinous ass shit to me oh. and I had to address it. I'm going to call him out on this. So that's a little bit later. Most Canadians um, are nice. She's, she's I'm really she's nice. nice. <laughs> I don't know, man, because I, I said I, I talked to Tory Lanez a few times and I'm not saying Tory Lanez isn't nice. No, no, no. Yeah. But he got that spark just like yeah. you. Like when they you can get go him, there. Yeah, he starts going. Do you know? Okay, so my other nickname, my other AKA is Machine Gun Melly. Oh, okay. Do you want to know why my nickname is Machine Gun Melly? Yeah. Gun Melly. <laughs> Tell us why. So I used to do real estate back in New York City, right? Ah. And um, one day I was showing a property. I represented the seller, and so I invited all of my friends in the you know who were representing clients to come see the property. And the way that I just just unleashed just what you know, the benefits of purchasing this property as mm -hmm. an investment or if it was going to be private use or whatever. This da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. My friend was like, yo, your new name is Machine Gun Melly. You just spit facts like it's a machine gun. You just run it down. And so that's how I am when I get upset about something or I get impassioned about something or I'm fiery about something. Is this like, I just, it, it, you just a clip is loaded and I just <laughs> fire. <laughs> yes, and Not then bad. I'm spent. Like all the casings on the floor. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Wow. <laughs> this past weekend, I went back home to Philly. I uh, had my Temple alumni party. And um, it was good to be back in Philly. Mm -hmm. I haven't really been back to Philly in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell y'all why, right? Mm. I miss regular, everyday ratchet girls. I really, <laughs> I really do. Because like here, right? There's not a whole lot of them here. You know, like mm -hmm. back home when they be like, all oh, the girls, they got their own money, their own hair, their own car. When those girls scream, they mean it. Right. Yeah. Like, out here, when those girls scream, they're just making the shit up. Mm -hmm. Like, back home, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, back home, it's like, you know how girls gold dig guys here? Mm -hmm. Back home, guys are gold digging girls. Like, oh, she got a job, she got a car, I think I'm going to mess with So it was good to be back around Wait, that. hold on, you said guys don't do that here? I said the oh. way <laughs> I said the way women do it here. I'm talking about Hollywood, I ain't talking about L.A., I'm talking about Hollywood, Ooh. too. Look, I wouldn't mm. know. I have come across way too many gigolos for me to even a try gigolo. dating out here. <laughs> it's a gigolo. Just, mo just mofos that are just looking for a come up, yeah. whether it is off your, you know, quote-unquote fame or status. status yeah. um, and Can I get $5? Can I borrow your car, start flossing like it's theirs, picking up chicks in your car? That's this the is, North Philly way. This has not happened to me, by the way. <laughs> because I am not that I am not the motherfucking one. So you've one. never paid a man's rent? Never okay, in my home. I wish I motherfucking Ooh. would. No. I am very traditional. I am I, I I am to be courted. I am a queen. 
That is it. Okay, so don't I, go to Philly. I, I, I believe so in gender roles. So do not go to goals. Philly. You don't get a husband in Philly, though. I tell girls, if, if you're struggling to look for somebody in your life, go to Philly. Those men will treat you like a queen because mm. they really understand that what they have in front of them. I swear to God. Mm. I remember I had a homegirl out here that did hair um, when I was working at Revolt. You know, she was a little little thicker. She wasn't heavy. Mm-hmm. And she was just like complaining, like, I can't find a man out here. And she in ran LA? like, yeah. yeah, she ran like three salons. And she was like, I'm going to visit Philly. I got a homegirl in Philly. I was like, you're not going to want to come back. Yeah. Because uh, Hamed and Omar from West Philly is going to wife oh, you. Oh, they're going to be, they're going to appreciate all that, all, she all can- that. Those curves, She's those happy. round she edges. She came back with a dollar party tattoo. You know the house party? She came back with house party tattoos and everything. I was like, oh, you got turned <laughs> out. You came back with the house party tattoos? Yeah. So, you know, ladies, if y'all looking for that kind of love, just go to Philly. We got you. I mean, I like, I love, I love guys from the East Coast. See? I really do. I really do. Philly, D.C., New York, just all up and down the Eastern seaboard. Here, it's a fucking wasteland. Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. Hey. Like I said, that's why I was talking Hollywood. Hey. I ain't, talk, I ain't speaking on Present company excluded, but for crying out loud, I, there's way too many women that can agree with me. I know way too many women that are, Uh-oh. you know, that are beautiful, that are educated, mm-hmm. that are employed, gainfully employed, or entrepreneurs who are making money and just can take care of themselves, all of them single. And all yeah, of them have yeah. like just endless stories of fuckboy behavior, yeah. just like from guys. Like I'll, I have one girlfriend, God, like he did the whole "we're gonna be celibate, but you know, until we get married" type thing. Meanwhile, Man. he's dicking everybody down on the side. See, that's just shady. That's like wrong, bro. You can't do that to a woman. Like that's you. You think you're saving up for the big day? <laughs> and, and then he, like, and then he married, and then he married the chick he was stroking? cheating on her with. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if Plot I would have recovered from that. Plot twist. Yeah, he's keeping his options open. You oh. know, damage. Come on, bro. <laughs> I would never do it, but he was trying to like. The setup is crazy. You can't do that to a woman, bro. She thinking you over here holding now. Meanwhile, you backshot mania back at your career. I Come just on. have. A, I just have a real question. A- <laughs> when guys do things like that, and a woman, you know, she kind of goes off the rails. You don't think that you participated in making her crazy? No. Sometimes women just be crazy from the last two dudes. All right. Okay. Sometimes y'all bringing in y'all crazy with the bags. Okay, hold on. Don't say y'all. Listen. Let's just, let's let's Uh-oh. all own our shit, both men and women. Okay. A lot of us literally swing from branches. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We go from one to the next to the next to the next without taking time out to heal mm-hmm. from the shit that was done to us Talk or maybe stuff that we caused. Like what we got to have a, a sense of, you know, personal responsibility, like own your shit. You know what? How did you contribute to your own miserable situation? Mm-hmm. It may not just be, you know, uh, it may be a 50 50 thing. You know, you did wrong. He did wrong. But before you just inflict yourself <laughs> on the next person, take some time out. Heal, maybe grow a little bit. Think about what it is that you want. Because I don't know. There's just a whole lot of just yeah. people just, 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 just. I've noticed with a few women, they've been victims so, so much that mm-hmm. they always feel like they are the victim. So rather somebody did something to them or not, when mm-hmm. something doesn't go their way, somehow they're still the victim. Even though they could have caused all the bullshit. Right. It's like, no, but you made me feel like this and now I'm doing that. And it's like, 
I think we all, and I'm not saying guys don't do this. Yeah. This is just shit flying in my face. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that's a problem too in a lot of relationships and a lot of young people that's dating and going back to back and not healing. You just become a consistent victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's mental right. me- the concept of mental health is not just for you know people that are suffering from you know, uh, a disease like bipolarism or suffering from depression or suffering from, you know, just whatever. It's it's just um, it's a it's a form of self-care, you know, and therapy needs to be viewed as the same thing as going to a spa to relax and take care of yourself Mm. or exercising or eating right. Therapy needs to be thought of as not something that you do when sh- the shit has hit the fan fully and totally and you're literally standing on, oh, I don't know, that building over there and thinking about jumping over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Therapy has got to be something that is like a consistent kind of ritual for you yeah. in order to understand yourself better so that you, because then your likes and your wants are going to change. You know, I mean, I remember the first time I went to therapy and, and here's the thing with therapists is like it the first one might not take. I mean, the first therapist I ever went to, mm. within two epi- within two sessions, she's trying to make it all about my mother. I was like, oh, no, no, no. What you're trying to do is turn me into a career patient. That's not going to happen. I'm here to get help and somebody who understands that there's a beginning, middle, and end to, you know, to, 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 yeah, to like my uh, a whole, you know, therapy program. And I found the right therapist and what I began to understand when I was going to him was my triggers what makes me angry what sets me off what are the words that somebody can say that instantly put me into a mindset that is just completely unhealthy and sometimes you get involved with people that push your buttons that's the worst person for you to be Ah. with you know Mm. what I mean and so I've had to learn a lot about myself in order to understand exactly who to stay away from. I'm not perfect. Trust, mm-hmm. trust me. You trip and fall on the wrong person every once in a while. That will that story will be in my. I book. think the stigma, <laughs> of, you know, when it comes to therapy is changing though. Like the mm-hmm. overall topics of conversation are, are getting a lot more vocal. They're being a lot more uh, revel- relevant to where we are culturally now. Yeah. You look at social media, like everyone is actually speaking about their experiences of uh, going to therapy and what it did help, mm-hmm. you know, for them. So it's, it's going to change. Yeah. I think for us though, it's still a little different, right? So we all came up in entertainment and you, you came up younger in entertainment and there's a point where your life changes, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had this moment recently. Did you ever, you know, get a therapist or go through therapy or how, how was it that like going through that transition in your life where you're like, I am in the entertainment industry. I'm young, but now you're becoming a grown man in this shit. And yeah, a lot Clint, of things. When did you start? Like you, you child actor child type actor, thing? Yeah. yeah. Because okay. um, a lot of you don't, don't come out the other end yeah. as solidly as you appear Thank to be. You. No, that means a lot to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm bringing I, it. It really like, does, so, uh, man. Like, what I, was your journey? I only, I, I kind of feel like I've been slighted by the business a little bit because I didn't go down that path. Right. And, you know, the whole out of sight, out of mind thing. So yeah. if I didn't, if I wasn't in rehab, if I didn't get caught with a DUI, yeah. if I wasn't hitting women run, running around here in the city going crazy, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a lack to that as well. But um, for me, you know, I started in the business when I was five. I'm mm-hmm. now 30 years old. I've been mm-hmm. in this game 25 years and, you know, no bad to my name. And it's only just because of my upbringing. You know, my family is here in Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. Two little brothers, one little sister. I'm the oldest. And y'all uh, all look alike. Thank you. Which yeah. is the it's genetics are crazy. Insane. Yeah, they man. all look it's exactly creepy, alike. Man. It's kind of creepy. So the fact that uh, you know to be 30 years old in this business, and you know, you, everyone goes through trials and tribulations, ups and downs. Uh, you know, I haven't had the chance to go to therapy yet, but there is a lot of things that I have seen mm-hmm. and that I, I would like to express and get off my chest and wonder if, like you, you stated. 
uh, are these the reason why I'm triggered by this word mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. when this happens? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to give that to my family. Me mm-hmm. not being able to go left in this business is because of the family. That's, That's dope. Yeah, That's man. good. I felt like when I got into everything, like around 17, I was in college mm-hmm. and it was just nonstop working. Mm-hmm. And I never had time to sit back and reflect about things that were happening to me. Like I had lost about five of my friends mm-hmm. from shootouts. I didn't, you know, I didn't have bad breakups. It was so much stuff happening, but I had to keep working. Mm-hmm. Every day I had to go to the radio station. Every day, every day I had to do this. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, I was finally unemployed, and everything just came in and swarm and hit me. It was mm. like, oh, shit. And it was mm-hmm. like all this stuff people you don't know to deal with because when you're working, especially in this industry, especially when you're a guy, too, you're not taught to deal with things. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? You got to keep moving. You got to keep getting Man money. up. Yeah, man up. Yeah. Or or if you break up with somebody, man, you know, just go get money. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't fix what yeah, happened you guys, here. You guys are not really, you know, like the whole, hey, sit down, let's have a, let's have a glass of wine and talk about our feelings type of but with who you know uh, with each other exactly <laughs> like you might yeah, have come over let's get some pinoir going yeah. and let's just get this <laughs> like, let's get this off his chest you might man. have one or two homies that you can kind of open but after a while like the conversation is going to be like okay yeah all right we got we're going to watch some basketball like what's up we going out yeah. yeah like it's not you can't dwell on it so what happened was when I finally had a point where I wasn't working, all this shit just hit me at once. I'm yeah. used to being busy. Now I'm not busy. Now I feel like I'm worthless. It's like I'm used to having a schedule. Mm-hmm. Why don't I have a schedule? Yeah. I'm used to this. Why is this not happening? Mm-hmm. And like I went through a really crazy depression. Mm-hmm. And thank God, you know, at this time, the therapy thing was starting to be like more acceptable. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Maybe th- I do need to talk to somebody because I don't even understand what I'm going through. So yeah. it's just a little different when you're in an industry. I'm sure everybody deals with their own struggles, but like being in this game and everything so fast with Mm -hmm. social media, it's like, you don't have time to breathe to even figure yourself out. No, it's Mm. true. It's true. And you know, it goes a little bit further back in, in, you know, it just, in my opinion, when it comes to you guys is, you know, when you're little boys and you, you know, something happens and you start to cry, you know, there's always, it always seems like there's a man around. Like it's usually a dad or a father figure or somebody that's like gruff voice. Hey, Stop crying like a little bitch. It's That's right. Emotion yeah. is always <laughs> likened to being um, is is always considered to be a feminine trait, and that is where it goes absolutely wrong for you guys. Like I think that the strongest thing that a man can do is to cry and show vulnerability. Like the strongest men that I know are really in touch with their emotions because they know that it doesn't. It doesn't define them. It doesn't make them a, you know, quote unquote pussy. You know, it just, it's like, I need a release and this is just what it is. I'm going to just, you know, respond to my body the way that I need to in order Mm. to move past it. But um, I just see so many men struggle with issues that they don't really have to because of those notions that giving into your emotion and examining it fully and talking about it with somebody is like nah, that's that that that's 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 for you nah, know it's real. gay guys and you know pansies and whatever else. It's a it's I guess that's what people would call toxic masculinity. I'm not yeah, a, no, for real. I'm not a fan of the term because it gets Me thrown neither. around Me so neither. often. It's a, it's a very broad term. Yeah. It's yeah, big broad stroke. 
you know, it, I, I'm not a fan of it, but I understand the root of it and how, you know, the phrase came to be. So I get jealous when some people can express their emotions. Like I remember um, when my brother called me that one of our best friends got killed. He mm-hmm. was shot seven times in the back mm-hmm. and he was crying mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do. Really? Like, I felt uncomfortable. I was like. Well, okay. I was like, does his mom... Like, I didn't even know what to say because I just didn't have the emotions he had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like, is something wrong with me? Because I should be crying. I should yep. be fe- like, I should be feeling this the way my brother is feeling this. But I'm just like, numb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this happens a lot. Like, when people pass, I just don't know what to do. That's why I don't want to go to funerals because I feel like I make people uncomfortable because I just feel like I don't have the same emotions that people have around me. And then I start feeling like I'm left out. Like, damn, mm-hmm. is something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't cry at my father's funeral and I was 15 years old. And I, the reason why I didn't was because I felt like I had to be strong for everybody else. It's like, it's weird, you know, using a child's mind to process very Mm -hmm. mature, you know, um, emotions and like a a very mature situation like death and not having anybody think, um, what do we do with Melissa? Because I was acting like I was fine and I felt like I had to be fine for all the adults who were falling apart and all this stuff all this did was just manifest itself into shit that I had to deal with 20 years later in therapy because I never really coped with it my dad died there was nothing I could do about it Mm -hmm. he was never he wasn't coming back um I feel like he was better off because he was in a coma and if he if he'd woken up he would have been brain damaged and he would have been blind and partially deaf and he would have been you know uh he would have had to have been in a wheelchair and I would did, I just couldn't see my I would never have wanted to see my superhero looking like that. Yeah. So for me I internalize it as this was the best outcome and moving right along, you know? So um very realistic way like you're a realist with it. But you know when I would cry when I was sleeping, mm. I would wake up and my my pillow would be soaking wet. And that wow. would be the only time I would permit myself to cry. And I, rem- I still remember the dreams that I had. It was like, it was just, I, I was in biology class at the time in high school. And it's when you dissect the frog, mm-hmm. the really big fucking grasshopper and a fish <laughs> and a worm, all these, all these weird random things. Why are we dissecting an earthworm? But whatever, it doesn't matter. And so one particular dream, it's like these, a big fish and a big frog and a big earthworm were like guiding these patients through the, like the hallways underneath of a hospital and everybody kind of looked zombie-like. And I was there next to my father in a wheelchair. And, um... I, at one point I stopped and kneeled down in front of him and he just kind of looked at me and I don't remember right now, like what he said, but it just, whatever he said, whatever feeling he was trying to give to me, it was, this is your fault. And it was, uh, yeah, like I said, 20 years later, I ended up in therapy having to deal with all of this stuff that I'd never told anybody and I'd never talked about and I'd never dealt with and never really questioned. I just internalized it as his death was my fault. And it was really just because I was a kid Mm -hmm. and I felt like I'd put undue stress on him. You know, he was an older parent. So I felt guilty that 
you know, me just being a teenager, stealing cars and shit like that. Mm-hmm, you know, um, <laughs> you know, Toronto shit. Yeah, getting in trouble, hanging out with boys, wait, you know, until one o'clock in the morning. That's not that bad. I know, but I internalized it as I was the worst kind of teenager, and ah. I put stress on my father, and he died as a result. Yeah, and I, I never it. told anybody that that was how I felt. So. 20 years later, there I am in therapy, like literally crying the same way that I probably should have been crying at my father's funeral and speaking at that moment. But I didn't know how like like you, you go into funeral and you don't know what to say. You don't know how. And it's it's a very natural reaction to that a lot of people have. So I, I say all this to say May being Mental Health Awareness Month, it should be recognized as something that you do to take care of yourself is going to therapy, mm. talking to professionals, and just, you know, doing some self-analysis, yep. you know? Like, I agree. That, yeah, be self-aware. In this day and age, we got to be a little bit more self-aware. Exactly, you know? exactly. So how was your weekend? We always do this kind of weekend recap. So I was in Cabo dealing with a, the worst cold ever mm-hmm. um, in paradise, but hey, whatever. Um, Mine, you went to Philly. Went to Philly. Yeah. Mine was very business-oriented. I was locked in my office uh, getting some shipments out from my brand, so I was I was locked in. Was okay. About these shipping. shipments, you got. I see you have a jacket on. Yeah, it's man. Like, it's like living brand. I feel yeah, like we're man. the same build. You know. Uh, <clears throat> He's basically saying he wants one. I, 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 I got a lace. You know, I'll put it on the gram. Yeah. I will, I want I will too. post. Yeah. I, we have so we have uh, Slick Living, right? Yeah. For the, and then we also have the sister company called Glam, which stands for Goddess Living Amongst Men. Nice. Thank you. Thank oh no, he's you. on point. Thank you. Nice. Uh, he was on point. It was inspired by my little sister and my mom. I put them both on such very high pedestals, and as I've gotten older, I've started to hear the differences between myself and my little sister. We're 15 years apart, and knowing that the world she's going to live in when she's my age mm-hmm. is completely different from where I am today. Yeah. And I, you know, hearing her, her vocalize about her uh, her ideas and you know how she sees the world, I'm like, I don't like the fact that. You know, me and you couldn't be doing, the, couldn't be paid the same for mm-hmm. doing the same job. Like, yeah. I don't like things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I have a little sister that, that can speak to me about these topics made me want to uh, do what I can to help create the energy for women in the world to be able to go out there and do anything Absolutely. and everything. Like, I look at my little sister, who's an incredible artist, who wants to change the world of animation and storytelling forever. And I look forward to, for, to her doing that. And for me, it's crazy because I I never really got to see that world growing up because Mm -hmm. I came up, I went to like really small Islamic schools before I went to um, my boarding school Mm -hmm. and they were all ran by women and all the teachers were women. So every time I I see a woman, I just knew they ran everything. So really coming into the real world and hearing all this (laughs) This shit, hearing all this shit like, oh, women aren't good enough to do this and this and that. I was like... What I was, I was getting smacked by paddles by women. Like yeah. I'm like, no. I, Let me tell you, they run the fear. fucking world. Slight fear. Let me tell yeah, you, I something. have a lot of fear. Actually, the smartest men that I know allow not. A, let me take that word out of my vernacular right now. Allow the mm. smartest men that I know have majority women employed in their companies. Yeah, in high executive level positions because they understand. That when it comes to women, there isn't going to be like a massive like ego play. That's mm-hmm. number one. And num- okay, let me. The women do no. We 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 do, but we get more concerned with the fine details and producing quality work. Yes, you know what I'm saying? That's for sure. Um, and that's you guys are very big picture. Women are very small details. Forest trees. That's how it is. Okay. Wow. You know, so. I'll go with it. Great I mean, way to look at it that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's time for another Hollywood hookup. Woo! Uh, so, 
I know that I'm a really big fan of delivery services because okay. I'm very lazy. There's times <laughs> where I don't want to cook. Um, and there's times where uh, I need red wine delivered to me because I'm lazy. Okay. Um, or I need a breakfast burrito because I ain't cooking that early in the morning when I got to put my face on. Hello. Um, or I need ibuprofen at, I don't know, some random hour of the night. But guess what you can do? What? You could Postmates it. Hell yeah. Yeah. If you've been living under a rock and you don't know about Postmates, well, I'm about to change your life. Okay? Talk to me about it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. I'm sure they'll bring you condoms if you need them. Hey. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They are the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all of the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores and traditional retailers that you could possibly want or need. Pop it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Rain or shine, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. No. Thank, yeah, thank God, because I really don't, not in my neighborhood. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app um, uh, for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery real time. I just, did this, I just did this the other day with Panda Express. It was the greatest meal ever. Why? Because I didn't have to go get it. Exactly. It came right to my door. <laughs> you don't understand. I was so happy about that. So for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Yes. You better capitalize on this, people. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code UNLOCKED. That's code UNLOCKED for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Mm -hmm. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code UNLOCKED. And that is your Hollywood hookup. So anyways, you had to fly to Philly. Flew to Philly. Did you have to deal with TSA? Because Diana Ross recently had to deal with TSA and she felt very <laughs> violated. I kind of think it's, a, it, it's, it's an either or situation. Either she's never really, <laughs> <laughs> she, had to, she, had, she had to take it down a notch and, yeah. and, you know, and, and deal with what us commoners have to deal with. Um, you know, I, I expect Diana Ross is flying private. You know, I'm just expecting that. So not she, all the time. She might not have come to expect this kind of treatment um, <laughs> that we all have had, you know, like the anal cavity search and whatnot. So yeah. did they search your anal cavity um, on your way to they, Philly? Or, they didn't but? do an anal cavity <laughs> search, but I got that weird, creepy pat down. Yeah. Both back hands? Yeah, hey, I'm yeah, going to like touch mm -hmm. your groin. with the, the dude looked pissed because I had a sweatsuit on with, no, I had no zippers, nothing, and right. somehow all these beeps went off. Yeah. And he was pissed. He was like... Yeah, I'm gonna have to come in and uh, I'm gonna have to touch your ass with my hand like this. You gotta turn around and touch your balls and dick. My hand's like, yo, the dude, he looked pissed. I'm sure he was. It was like his 14th one. It looked like he was like. But wait, hold on. Question: Don't they ask you like, would you prefer a woman to do this? No, they'll just say like, you want to go in the back or you want to do this That's shit right here. Yeah. Mm. How you want to get done dirty? Mm. I'm like, look, this, come how on. You want your prostate checked? Right here at TSA. Gotcha. That's one of my one. benefits of boarding school. I'm used to just being in weird situations in front of everybody. So I was like, look, <laughs> Again, whatever, watch man. the movie Sleepers and you'll understand the... Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, well, let's tell this story. So she was traveling um, through New Orleans Airport. New Orleans. Oh, God, I love New Orleans. Me too. Um, Top three. I was going to get married in New Orleans. Really? That's a whole other story. Okay. Um, and she was... Uh, she had just been there for the Jazz and Heritage Festival. Um, she had a performance there. Nice. And um, she got to... She 
she logged onto Twitter to talk about her experience with a TSA agent that she felt violated her and left her completely in awe. She posted, okay, so on one hand, I'm treated like royalty in New Orleans, and at the airport, I was treated like shit. You go, girl. I just, I, I just, I love when a when a when a when a, when a dignified diva icon, icon thank like you. like Iconic Diana woman. Ross. Yes. you know, just says just curses. I I, I don't know. I get and gets on by Twitter. It. I, I got on Twitter. I got on Twitter. Okay. She later clarifies. Let me be clear. Not the people or Delta, but TSA was over the top. Makes it makes me want to cry. It's not what was done, but how I am feeling violated. Mm. I still feel her hands between my legs, front and back, saying to me it was her job. Wow. Really mixed emotions. I always like to see the good in things, but not feeling good right now. After venting about the incident, Miss Ross updates her fans with a video of her own um, of her own stage feeling much better. So, um, yeah, people have complained about TSA. I mean, like I listen. Let me tell you something. This is how I this is how I avoid it. I went and got global entry. I applied for global entry. Understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so global entry is this service um, where if you're a criminal, it's probably not going to work out for you. Damn. Um, uh, yeah, because they take your fingerprints and the whole nine. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> Damage ain't getting it. <laughs> Damage is not so, approved off rip. Exactly. So we'll probably put the link up like here. Um, that where you can log on and apply for global entry if you do a lot of international tra- traveling. Yeah. If not, then you could just get TSA pre-check if you do a lot of domestic traveling. But the best part about global entry is TSA pre-check is involved in that. Nice. It only costs $100 for five years. So I got, I filled out the application, got conditionally approved, mm-hmm. and then I had to go through the interview process, which was really, really basic. They just wanted to take like my fingerprints, picture, whatnot. Then I have this card. I skip all the customs lines. I go right through TSA pre-check. I don't got to get fondled for nothing. (laughs) I don't got to take my shoes off. I don't got to take my computer out my bag. I don't got to take my freaking... you would think Diana Ross would have the same thing. Like, she don't have nobody in her team. Like, she should never be sitting here with her bags taking her shoes off. I have seen TSA molest disabled people in wheelchairs. I've seen them molest five-year-olds. I'm like... Are you kidding me? But then that leads me to think, like, who would literally, like, strap something to a five-year-old for this to (laughs) become, you know, like, part of their whole professional repertoire? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I I feel like when it comes to TSA, I feel like that there are some that are are really just there to do their jobs and are as equally frustrated with the process as we are. Oh, dude was pissed when he did me. He was pissed. When he did you? Okay, I'm sorry. Knuckles to the groin, undamaged. He was like, he looked at the shit like, he he stared at it for a minute and I was like, what's up? He was like, all right, so this is how it's going to go. He was not having it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I I do think that there are some that definitely take advantage of their position to make people miserable. You know, like they're miserable, so I'm just going to, fuck with everybody's day that I possibly can. That's there are those okay. types of people. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Do you so, feel like it's those same type of people messing with Aisha Curry right now? Uh, Just miserable people? Or you think she deserved it? Uh-oh. That deep in hell exit. See, That's if y'all living real. under a rock, Aisha Curry went on the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett and the whole family. And I believe she has Steph family there too, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, Steph's mm-hmm. mama was Steph's with mom. her. Mm-hmm. Steph's mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Go ahead. And you know, she had a little tidbit saying, you know, for the past 10 years that she doesn't feel like she was getting any male attention. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the internet went crazy. Okay, with so it. hold on. That's a little bit of a soundbite and a little inaccurate. What she did was she <laughs> compared all of the attention that Steph gets, obviously. And I mean, I know Steph's um, marketing agent. And when I say Aisha Curry is present oh, and Lord. wants everybody to, she will step in. If there's there's no questions for her, if anything is a question mark, she will be like, hi. I am a, a, his wife and the mother of his four children, three children, however many they have. Was she pregnant again? No, I said three. It's just three? three. Really? It's three. I guess I'm mixing That up. right there already stresses me out, but I'm going to let you finish. Okay, so, <laughs> well, listen, I mean, like, she doesn't want, who wants to have a scandal? Like, who wants to have a, a Kevin Hart situation? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, this is your marriage. This is like, you're, you have a little insulated little world you don't want anybody infiltrating that. No, claim your man, girl. I'm sorry. I, I, I agree with everything. Protect your family at all costs and let these chicks know, stay away. But that's fine. This is mine. Stay away. I think that's the mistake I've made is being too like, oh, you know, just I never want to come off as the clingy type. Mm -hmm. I never want to come up at, uh, come off as like the needy, wanting type. Nah, I should have exercised some some control. In, that in same past point right there is why everybody's fucking pissed. Okay, you, so you step in, you you everywhere, you're swinging your arms. We know, we get it. Yeah. You're Aisha Curry, we know. And then you go in there on fucking the red table talk and go, you know, I just want some other guys to check me okay, out. Okay, now time hold on. Time. Okay, so now hold like on. One the fuck? I don't. Uh, so I think that I think everybody took it as just the soundbite and didn't really listen to what she was saying. Now. I know plenty of women who are happily married and okay. happily booed up and their man is everything that they want him to be, you know. But that doesn't negate the fact that women, we, we like to be felt like we're desirable. If we didn't, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be going to the nail salon. We wouldn't be going to get our, you know, our hair done, weaves done, braids done, whatever the hell. We wouldn't be in the gym. We're not just doing it for our man. We, who doesn't like to be appreciated? Who doesn't like to, you know, you walk by a construction site and they're woo woo. Okay, and they're that's like, not true. I'm sorry. That's not true, Damage. That's not true. Come on now. Like the whole cat calling thing, there's there's a huge thing against that now. Really? From what I've understood. I think, I my think, I think it, I, maybe I take it in stride because of my career path. Understood. And I'm just, I'm so used to, I mean, cat calling is like super basic in comparison to the, other stuff. to the other stuff that, I mean, the stalker stories I could tell you I'm like yeah so bring it on for me, for me man it's like okay <laughs> Aisha went up there to say all that uh huh if Steph would have went on a talk show and said that exact thing like Over. yeah yeah everyone knows I'm married like Aisha my little wife my I love my wife my three kids they mean everything to me but yeah I hope some of the ladies still checking for me he would be demonized of course he okay, would okay so boom no hold on no no time, time let me mm -hmm. finish let me, so there's boom there's that uh, the fact that I, I love the fact that Steph made sure to come to his wife's defense, though. Of course, he I had love to. it. He was like, "Listen, man, I love my baby. I don't care. I ain't trying to hear all this stuff, y'all." Of course, she blew the internet up, but at the same time, I love my wife. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. I'm glad that he came to her defense. And then overall, man, I, I just feel like I feel like that wasn't the right thing to say at that moment. I don't think, especially with that man's mama right next to you. It was an honest thing. But I'm telling you, if this was anybody else, mm -hmm. everybody would be like, oh, we get it. Yeah. It's because it's Aisha Curry. That's the branding it. for she them. Go ahead. She parades around the brand of, 
I love my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm this kind of mom. Mm -hmm. Why do you girls do this? Why do y'all do this? Look how I do it. Look what I got. And then you go up there and say, you know, I just want to be checked out by some basic ass niggas sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And then who the fuck is supposed to holler at Isha Curry? He got like 300 million in the bank account. Is it the gardener? Who is hollering at it? The pool guy? Like, hey, you're still looking good over there. I'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. The the, the pool guy and the gardener with a really big dick. Melissa, so I have a (laughs) question. He's gonna gonna give her like the the hairy eyeball and be like, you know, steps out of town. From this reaction, from this reaction I'm seeing online social media wise, it, it, it highlighted something for me. I feel like more men mm-hmm. respect another man's marriage yes. than women when it comes to another woman's marriage. I uh, feel like more women are yeah. willing to take that risk and shoot their shot at a man who they know they're married compared to a man who know that, you know, oh, no, nah, I would never go at Steph's girl. Hell no, why she married? thousand yeah. percent. Okay, I just wanted to hear a your opinion. A thousand percent. Okay. Which is why you you literally just proved my point as to why she literally has to be like, Hey, stay the fuck away from my man because of that very point. Mm. Because there are so many women out there that will take 10% of another woman's man than 100% of nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I I don't disagree with why she feels like she needs to be overprotective of her situation because... Look at the picture. Remember that girl? What was her name? Oh, man. It was a bad one yeah, in the crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what her right name at. was. The was, bad one. With the straw so everybody knows. We'll probably put up a picture of this where Steph's on the, Steph's on the court, <laughs> and in the background is the girl. She was and ready. She, and she's literally like, uh. like, yeah. And, Look. you know, she got that lustful. And she says that she was not looking at Steph that way. She, she said, was looking at everybody that way. Uh. Whoever look over here, I'm ready. Well, it, listen, it was a moment in time captured by photograph and it blew the entire world up and it just highlighted what she probably goes through on a daily basis you know do you you think that this might have an effect on the woman's sense of security not that she i think she's honestly going through like a little midlife crisis that i do sympathize with because I'm sure when they were both coming up, I do think Aisha Curry was somewhat popular. She had some, probably something going on. There mm-hmm. was a reason that those two were drawn together. And I do know when you're with somebody that's so famous, you kind of get drowned out. Yes. And maybe she's not trying yes. to fight for attention, but she does want some kind of attention. And let's also not, you know, glaze over the fact that they've been together for a very long yeah. time. What, in college? Mm-hmm. Or was it college that they met or high school? One or two. It yeah. was somewhere back then. She hasn't been okay. out of her that realm. Go she, ahead. You want to know the words are she never had a hoe phase. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Okay. And let's be clear. Hoe phase does not mean just tripping and falling on every single dick that comes your way. Mm-hmm. It basically be means being able to, you know, just have a casual sexual encounter with somebody that you don't really want to get involved with long term or just examining different facets of relationships, talking to different people, just doing your own thing. Aisha is that She never had that phase. When you go to the club and you're trying to highlight somebody, she's the cock blocking friend that always had a man. Yeah. Always had a man. And then when a girl, when her homegirl going through something, you know what she's saying? I don't know because I got my man. I don't know why you deal with that. But you know what she's doing secretly the whole time? She wants to vicariously live through her friends. Yes. And now it's hitting the fan. <laughs> and she's a certain age. She got three kids. And she's like, 
Damn, I wish guys would holler at me when we go out. Usually you talking shit in the club. Oh You're the one stopping us from talking to your friends. Now you want the experience. I know that kind of... I see it in her eyes. The way she talks on social media, I'm like, you the cock-blocking friend. And now you want some. No, you don't get none. Some old Philly stories is coming out right I'm telling now. you the cock. And, and the thing is, if this was anybody else, I would really feel... I would just have more sympathy. Because yeah. I get where she's coming from. Yeah. What she's saying isn't crazy, but it's like, no, but it's you. Yeah, I get it. You you know what you're out here yeah. doing. She's she's kind of she's kind of set herself up for mm-hmm. the kill. For the response that people have given her. I I will definitely agree with you in that way cuz she kind of comes off as self-righteous mm-hmm. um and arrogant at times. I mean, it's just the facts. You know, she she comes off that way, you know. And she was pulling a, I'm better than y'all. And now it's like, however, uh, I, what is it like when you go out? However, uh, I would I would like to leave it with the fact, with the compliment that I want to give her. She's a lioness. She's protecting her family. She's protecting her brood. You know, she's very, she is very, very protective. Now, so I, I, I got to give no, it go to ahead, her. Go ahead. Would you be mad if your man went out there and said that? On camera, like how she said that. But here's the thing: is he would have no reason to say something like that because it's a fact. He is an NBA player. He's one of the best that's ever dribbled a ball. Mm-hmm. Arguably, listen, I don't follow it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, he is, yeah, he is. okay, great, wonderful. Um, <laughs> so he wouldn't have to say something like that. It is a given. It is a fixed given. It is a truth that cannot be disputed. So if he was out here talking about I don't get n- enough female attention. That would be ridiculous. Like that would be that would be that would be ridiculous. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like for her to have said it, she does probably feel very invisible. I mean, I've I've dated an athlete. I was shit, I was engaged to one. And I know what it feels like to mm. literally get pushed out the way by his male fans. Let a female fan come by and it was a whole different story. Um But, but yeah. this this is my thing, right? Because I was, I was really sitting back and examining because I do feel like she has a point. It's just because it's her. That's my only bias. It's because it's you. The messenger, man. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do think that, the, that she caught the ire of, you know, yeah. Twitter, the, you know, Twitterverse because But I'm going to take her, her side a little bit with this theory. So I've dated a few girls mm-hmm. and I've never really heard that, even though I know this is a true thing. Do you feel like because they've been together for so long that he might not just be just dicking her down every night the way she wants? Do you feel like that's where the attention comes from? Because I feel like when a woman is getting the sex she wants and how she wants it, she's not really worried about somebody's fucking attention. Am I wrong with that? I think that when it comes to long-term relationships, you know, it does this. Yeah. It does this. Uh, You know, the honeymoon phase of when you guys, everything is new and you guys are discovering, that shit's over after a while because you know i feel saying? like so, after this shit went viral steph came home he, he took his jersey off i'm in the playoffs said, i'm about right to now, bust your ass I feel, i'm about to take this down what are you talking about <laughs> male attention my friends my friends that are in long-term marriages like yeah i'm talking about 17 years 20 years they've talked about times where literally they physically wanted nothing to do with each other. They were just very much in a friend zone with each other. That's why I always say when it comes to the strength of, like, you know, relationships and the ones that last, like, stand the test of time, you got to really like that motherfucker. Like is is way more potent than love. She sent the bat signal. I mean... I feel like when you say something like that, it's like, nah, I forgive you, baby. I'm coming home. Yeah. I'm flying in now. It was like she needed... It felt like she needed something. I think... I, I think... I think... I think she definitely, you know, it was a spark. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, it's playoffs. God damn it, my man, trying to make sure to get another ring right now. You can't. You couldn't how's wait. He, to, how's he look. doing, Steph? Yeah, yeah. They're still in the, they're still in the playoffs. It's, they're about right. to knock out Houston. Then they're gonna go on to win another can championship. I just, can, I, listen, final thought. It's just boring now. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> me? Every no, every single fucking year, Golden State is in the fucking playoffs and the, the finals. They're the Bulls. It's boring. Okay. It's boring. I get it. It's boring. I get it. Golden State. <laughs> That's how people felt when Lakers, when we had Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. That's how people felt when they were watching Michael and Pippen and, and Rodman kill off everybody. Haven't they won like five it, rings in a row, Golden no, State? They, this would be their third in five years. It is a little different now because at least the Bulls, they they had to create a team. They had to really, like really fight and create this unity to go. Now it's like, oh, now, Trey, 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 let's go, let's go, no, let's go. Exactly. Trey, 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 let's now, go, let's go, let's go. Exactly. Now, now it seems like it's just com- it's uh, that the league is just completely like built a, like creating the super team, and it's only like well, two of them. People aren't team invested. I feel like that anymore. Yeah. They're no. more so player invested. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just a different time. And that's why it's not. That's why it's not interesting. It's still fun. It's still fun. Meh. <laughs> that's my final thought. It's boring as shit. Sorry, people. Um, I I'd really like for my Raptors to have an actual shot. I mean, I Kawhi's mean, balling. Yeah, no, Kawhi's Kawhi balling up there. Y'all yeah. might be in the Eastern Conference Championship. Maybe not because you're playing my Sixers. But um, let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what I will say is this show is not boring. So thank you all for tuning in, and we're out. Woo.